0: This is a fourth-hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs, or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't uh, know planes man. that they are built in Espanola are catching more than just criminals, they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts.
1: This is weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Joggles, everyone. I think I am Shane. I'm definitely John. I'm Josh, on my best behavior. keep <laughs> promises, promises. So, here we are yet again, everybody. Uh, welcome to our news episode. Every month, we tend to dig down to the high strangest in the Fortean news. And I got to tell you, guys, I was talking to you guys earlier this week, I think, but I was waiting for this because, holy shit, on my side, news just seemed like weird shit was coming out of every pocket and every corner. It was crazy. So, I got all kinds of stuff on my side.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what you've got. I've got a few here. Um, there was a lot of stuff on the debrief that I want to share, but I didn't really know how to portray it in an interesting way without just, like, reading a 10-minute article to everyone.
1: Yeah. no, under- Well, I had a couple <laughs> like that, too, to be honest with you. I think, you know, weird times. Um, you know, honestly, you know, obviously, we got the election behind us. We're into February. We still have COVID thing, but we uh, – you know, right as rain. We're like Boy Scouts. Here we are. You know,
2: making mm-hmm. sure we got all this news going on. Well, uh, uh, I just wanted to real quick say hi oh, to all sorry. my coworkers. Um, this is the first episode we've record we're recording since I announced to my entire department and the CEO of and president of our company that uh, <laughs> I have a weird alien podcast. So, hey guys, welcome. Okay, why? You-
1: <laughs> I did that <laughs> once too a while ago, and I when I did it, I was like, uh. Okay, I think that's okay that I did that.
2: <laughs> it was one of those things. So far, I'm still employed, so. Yep, there you go. Gainfully. That's good. Yeah, sorry, man.
1: Well, yeah, welcome to new listeners. Um, welcome, Patreon members, by the way, too. Again, uh, this is going to be an extended news episode for Patreon members. You know, we're going to do the regular thing. We're going to release it. Uh, but if you're a Patreon member, you're going to get added time afterwards. we got some uh, tidbit news that we're going to kind of tack on a bit. Um, and then I think I talked about this last time with Josh, but, John, now that you're kind of back in the saddle, uh, we got some positive feedback about our Falcon Lake incident, uh that we wrote specifically for Patreon. Oh, and sweet. So, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of cool. And I, I like doing stuff like that. did Mitchell like it, eh? He did. <laughs> he said it was good. He said it was really good. And what he said was uh, it was nice because we left it kind of open-ended. We didn't go down the hoax road or, the you know, it's it really happened road. It, we just kind of left a neutral. You know, we cover the story. We cover the facts. We let everybody judge for themselves. And, you know, hopefully that's what we tend to do here, I'm thinking, you know, at the end of the day. But he, he was pleasantly surprised. So, you know, if you're a Patreon member, let us know. Reach out. Um, if you're not, uh, you can become one at patreon.com slash uncles. Come our way, and we'll make that work. So... Um I have a couple things before I cut Josh off, you know. Sorry, I apologize for that. But just a couple tidbits and this mainly stems off we had Thomas Winter in on a few episodes ago. Actually, I think it's so like 4 episodes ago. You can look back in season 4 archives, you can find him. Um he is the superintendent for those of you who do not know for Skinwalker Ranch in the Uinta Basin. And so there's a couple tidbit items to this. Uh you can find season 1 of Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch on Hulu. And so they have it on there, you know. Of course, I've still got it on DVR. I don't know if you guys do, uh, but I still have it on my side. But if anybody wants to kind of catch up, I haven't heard. I don't know if you guys have, but I haven't heard when season two's coming out. I don't think there's a date yet. Uh,
0: um, I don't. I don't think nothing that I've seen. And then Thomas didn't know either when we. know. So uh, I, w- I for some reason I was thinking
2: someone said spring, but I.
0: i mean i think that's what we're all kind of imagining because that's when the last season kind of came out right like march or so yeah april i
2: thought it was march i think it was in like the spring or summer yeah yeah
0: yeah it was like late spring so uh that's i mean that logically makes sense if as long as it's all edited and just ready to go which i'm sure it is probably if it's not done it's probably pretty close
1: i would think yeah i would think it's probably in the can at this point you know but yeah with that being said you know you can check out season one uh, a r- amazing show and we've said this before but for new listeners maybe or somebody who didn't catch it um it, it we love it not only because it's in our backyard but because it's got a little bit of everything it's not just like ghost adventures oh by the way I saw Zach Bagans downtown Salt Lake, which you guys know, but I'm going to share that with listeners. So there's <laughs> something going on in Salt Lake, evidently. But uh, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got uh, portals. It's got you know things in the sky, energy fields. Uh, yeah, it, it's just really well done, and it's done on an observation-type stance, I guess, right? That we can say it's not, oh, wait, shh, did you hear that? It's not one of those things. It's more like yeah. we saw this happening – we did experiments to see if this is going to happen again or to try to make this. And that's how it's set up. And that's, that's why I like it so much. Really?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great show. It's worth the watch for sure. And they do try and take a more scientific approach and not just like a, a TV jump scare, freak you out. uh, you know, stuff stuff gets, it gets annoying after a while.
2: Yeah. Of those types of shows. It's so far my favorite, I think. And yeah.
0: I, I don't think I've... It's been a minute since I've seen it, but I don't think uh, there's the reverse cymbal sound after every cut, which I can't stand. <laughs> shh! <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't stand that. So I, I really don't think they did that, which is which is good. I, I don't feel really, like on yeah. all those, like, shh, be quiet. What was that? What was that? Uh, shh! Yeah. On the next episode, you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, some weird you smell sound effects. So you yeah. don't even know what they're talking about anyway. Like, wait, did they hear that weird sound effect or... <laughs> <laughs> something just that's just inaudible on the tape anyway. Yep. Is the ghost playing a reverse symbol? <laughs> exactly. It just uh, –
1: anyway, you know, it is what it is. But to like add to that, um, <laughs> I got to say to add to that, there's a little quick little blurb I want to say that uh, – and this is attached to Skinwalker. So for those of you who might not know, uh, Brandon Fugel bought Skinwalker, what, 2000, I think, 15, 16, Something in that time. <sighs> yeah, frame. I want to say
0: sixteen, but I could I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, you know, before uh, Brandon Fugel had it, uh, Robert Bigelow had it, and he had it for you know, of course, famous for NIDS, uh famous for getting a research team up there after the Sherman's on the ranch, and he's got something else going on. I don't know if you guys caught wind of this, but uh, they call him a space entrepreneur. Yeah, I think a little bit more than that, but it is what it is. But he has announced the creation of a new project called the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies which hopes to simulate new research in the survival of human consciousness beyond death. Did you guys catch this?
0: Mm-hmm. I, caught, I've, I've, I caught a little tiny thing of it, but I haven't really looked into it. But that sounds awesome. I, it's, yeah, it's he's amazing. offering
2: like a million dollar prize to anyone who can prove
0: life after death, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because he's old and he's rich. <laughs> I mean. Touche. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I wish I could do that. Right. Um, I so I've I've talked to you guys about that surviving death book by Leslie Kane before. I read that a couple years ago, and now I just finished the show on Netflix uh, of the same name. And I mean, it's there's got to be something like uh, the the reincarnation with the little kids talking about past lives. Like I don't know, and being so specific with names. This one kid had like over two hundred facts about this guy this no name celebrity, like this no name actor in LA just really? knew all this stuff about him. That and cause crazy. he said that was him in a previous life, you know? And like, they talked to his daughter and his daughter verified all this crap. And like, that stuff blows
1: my mind. I you mean, know what I blows mean? Blows I mean, I,
0: like, I guess that's not s- definitive proof, but I don't know how much better you can get some little four year old saying all this crap about some no name dude in Hollywood. Yeah, well, you know, we from, from Oklahoma, <laughs> Don't you know? Oklahoma for all that. Well, we talked
1: about that briefly on last episode with uh, Dave and Carla, where, you know, you have these kids that are they have these memories and and they're, there's no way they, they have these memories from anywhere else. They didn't gather that they're like, you know, just learning to walk and talk. And they say something that absolutely is just not in there's no way it's in their their brain. It, it, it yeah. can't be there. You know, that stuff yeah. just fascinates me, man. Oh, crazy! Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it, there's there's got to be something. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm uh, hoping. The world is stranger than than I than we think. It but, very much is. Yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely. Anyway. I don't
0: know. I, I there's got to be some type of life after death. I I think maybe. I
1: don't know. If there's not, I'm going to be sorely disappointed, and I'm going to end up haunting somebody because you know, it's going to be. <laughs> well, a you thing. can't
2: if there's no life after death. Shane. God
1: damn it! There will be though. I'll make it happen. I'm very perseverant when it comes to that. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. but I want to cover those couple things, and I'm going to throw it. Uh, I don't know, John, Josh, you got what's the next thing?
0: Well, I've got a quick one. Um, this is by our buddy M J Benias. Uh, Sup, M J. It is the Mars. We're super close, super tight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, The Mars Perseverance rover is three weeks away from the red planet. So the Mars Perseverance was launched in July of 2020, and it is supposed to land on Mars in the Jezero crater, um, February 18th, 2021. And, Perseverance is going to spend the next Martian year, 668 Martian souls and that's S O L S or 687 earth days hunting for evidence of chemical biosignatures. Uh, the Rover is also going to check cash rock and soil samples for a possible future retrieval mission. Perseverance is also equipped with one of kind ingenuity helicopter drone. Um, I guess things are, things are going to get pretty hairy as it enters the Martian atmosphere. The descent to the surface of the seven minutes of terror has the lander at, has the lander attempt to slow down from a gut-wrenching 20,000 kilometer an hour to a gentle landing on Mars.
1: Oh, that's but not Jesus fast. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. That's like me um, getting to a
1: stoplight and just fucking yeah, slowing down gradually.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I drive. Yeah, uh-huh. But, yeah, just a, just a little quick blurb that that's going to be landing. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited that's to see what it, what it finds out. That's amazing.
1: That, you know. And so there's another news report I caught a while ago. Um, I, Josh, you may know. Well, either one of you may know. I, I think it's Venus that they detected phosgene gas in the atmosphere. Is that Venus? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and that's a byproduct of something that actually could be biological or something happening underneath the surface up
2: until now we've thought life on venus was probably pretty much impossible just because of the extreme conditions Mm
0: -hmm. right right and i I just think that's humans not being like just thinking inside of a box it's like just because we can't survive there what does that mean some other creature that's nothing like it like
2: absolutely exactly like when when they talk about like even things like the fermi paradox about how uh the universe is probably teeming with life but we're too far apart to ever see each other yeah um well yeah by what we human beings have available to us as far as like interstellar travel goes yes that's very true but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we we're only the gold standard of what we know you know what I mean? Yep. Like mm-hmm.
1: it's our, yeah, it's our, it's our viewpoint. That's the whole thing. And that's yeah. funny. I got a news report on that too. After uh, John and Josh are done, it, it's amazing. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, don't know. There's a bigger picture here, you know. And we've said this time and time and again. We're, we're dumb, really, in comparison to what possibly could be out there. We think we're smart. We're really not. <laughs>
2: we're really not that smart, yeah. you know. No, we're infants. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Um, I have the sad and uh, somber duty to inform y'all of the death of a legend.
0: Mm, I think I know where you're going with this. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: So using the uh, using the the way they modeled the snow in Frozen um, a scientist I don't remember his exact field I'm skimming through the article again right now uh, but he basically used that to uh, figure out that what caused the incident at the Diatlov Pass was probably just an avalanche. Ooh.
0: Yeah. yeah. S- so. The death of fun. We well, the death of fun. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, and I read that, and it's like they said they weren't on a big enough slope for that to be possible. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're thinking that they were actually on a way bigger slope.
2: it's like a gravity hill situation. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't look like a slope, but that's because it's on a larger slope. So even though the ground looks fairly level, it's not. It just looks level compared to the surrounding terrain.
0: Yeah. It's like when you look at it very close, it's like, oh, that's not a slope. But then all of a sudden you kind of bring the camera out a little bit and see the bigger picture. You're like, Oh no, that's definitely on a on a clear path of yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And uh, like according to their um, to their diaries and stuff, there were like high winds, which could have contributed to and or caused the avalanche mm-hmm. um, the way they had their camp set up. They had their beds set up on their skis. Uh, so when the snow hit, they would have be- that basically had them up against a wall um, and then this guy who I should probably find his name, but I'm not good at reading and talking. <laughs> um, he, uh, they, he found some old studies by GM from like the sixties of impact on bodies, um, that kind of confirmed the type of devastating injuries. Some of the corpses would have had, uh, with, with like giant chunks of frozen snow hitting them while they were in their beds, strapped to their skis.
1: Okay, but let's unpack this for a second. Does that include uh, tongues getting ripped out of mouths?
2: Yes. Well, it it includes the uh, like catastrophic like bludgeoning and like the smashed in skulls and chest cavities and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Them okay. and then the theory goes that uh, not all of them were killed in the initial uh, avalanche, which is why the tent was cut open from the inside. They pulled their friends out. Um, And then the people who weren't killed in the initial avalanche succumbed to hypothermia, which would account for the varying states of undress. And then because when you're dying of hypothermia, you start taking your clothes off because right before everything shuts down, you start feeling hot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, they accounted for like the missing tongues and eyes because they were out side for like a week that um scavengers yeah they go for the soft tissue first yeah 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 um Hmm. and they like it wasn't in this article uh but i heard people heard discussions around this article and someone was talking about uh them being outside for a week in the snow could also account for uh the trace the higher than normal amounts of radiation on some of the bodies because uh, snow acts as a reflector from like That's all the solar radiation sunburn. Yep. Just baking them.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that still sounds like a horrible way to go. Regardless oh yeah. Of oh, yeah. We got to how it happened. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. It goes from being a tragedy that also has a super interesting mystery, like fun aspect to just being super sad. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. before you guys came on, we actually, well, I, and, uh, in front of Mitchell from Canada, actually we covered this and, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I guess it, it. It no matter how it happened, it was awful that it happened. But at the same time, I, I, it was just odd. And then add to the fact that you know, in our research, we there's a base that literally is just down the mountain, down on the base that's been there forever. That they've had sightings of things that they can't explain in the past. You know, these were these were very advanced hikers. They they've been doing it more than once. For them to be able to know that okay, this is where we're going to put up camp. We're going to do it here and here. I you know I'm not 100 percent sold, but I'm on the same side of what do they know that this was not the right location? This was not the right setup. You know, uh, I, I mean, don't know.
0: I I feel like you talk to experienced mountaineers, and I think all of them have said like, or I'm sure all of them share experiences of like, yeah, I knew I shouldn't have done that but right and then, you yeah. know what Bigger, I mean? yeah, the yeah.
2: chances were slim that anything would happen yeah, also like a,
0: i knew better but this is kind of what i was stuck with or just, you know right, I, right. I don't know i feel like being a mountaineer being a professional hiker like you run into situations and you kind of think on the fly and maybe sometimes you don't always make the best decision
2: also if it's a gravity hill situation i mean it's been like what 60 years And they're just barely now realizing that, oh yeah, there is actually enough of a slope here that an avalanche could happen. Like Mm. just to the, it passes the eye test is what I'm saying. So even experienced hikers and mountaineers would probably be like,
0: oh yeah, this is probably all right. Mm -hmm. And it
2: hadn't snowed. So they probably thought they
0: were safe from avalanche even if they noticed the slope, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I guess this kind of falls under Occam's razor. It's like, what is, what is the most likely? Yeah, what's what is the most the, reasonable? Yeah, True. what's the most yeah. reasonable? And uh, interdimensional Bigfoot and aliens, <laughs> that's what I want them to be. But that's that's pretty far out there. You, you got yeah. to take some twists and turns to get yeah. there. And even if, you yeah. know,
1: take that for the side, but even if it's, uh, you know, secret military complex that, you know, they were stumbled, they were too close to their, you know, secret weapon that they were devising. Even if you go that route, maybe that's not the,
0: yeah. Maybe yeah, that's I, happened. I think, you know, I always thought like the most, like the most reasonable explanation, I guess, besides this avalanche theory um, in that book, they talk about the winds and frequencies making you go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also I thought like the, uh, the local natives, um, the Yenzi the, or, uh, or Mancy, uh, Mancy. Yeah. Um, that, that was also, Seemed like somewhat of a reasonable explanation, even though there wasn't really any sort of proof of of the manzi attacking them or anything.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know, rest well, comrades. Absolutely, you know, no speed. matter what it, yeah, no matter how it happened,
1: it was awful that it happened because it, it was, mm. you know, what five of them or nine actually all together. You know, the the guy that stayed behind yeah. in the camp, um, you know, I couldn't imagine his grief when you know he finds out that that happened. Uh, because you yeah. couldn't take the hike so yeah there, there's a lot to impact there but yeah interesting you know it's it, when you look at things kind of like a cold case right you know yeah you know, 60 years later here we are you know yeah
2: and, and you know like it it sucks because it like i said it takes the fun out of the weirdness of it and makes it just a tragedy yeah but yeah. also i mean mystery solved i guess that's kind of cool
1: yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But I'll tell you, you know, let's put the weird back in fun, shall we? So, Josh, you talked about something before. Well, you talked about the Fermi paradox. So, this yes. is actually a thought catalog. Um, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but basically, this is a, a story that they're talking about these theories. They're talking about the Fermi paradox, and they're actually talking about uh, the zoo hypothesis. Has anybody heard that in regards to aliens? Yes. Okay. So, you know, again, for those of you who may not know, um, suggest that, you know, aliens exist, but they have all agreed to leave Earth alone so that human life can develop organically and they just kind of watch us like we're underneath this cage. So, Mm. there's this other theory that comes out called the Dark Forest Theory. Have you guys heard about this? This is new to me.
0: Yeah, there's the Dark Forest and the Zoo Theory with the Fermi Paradox, but I will let you
1: explain. Let me roll this out here. So, Imagine you're alone walking through a dark forest. you hear a noise? Is it your inclination to be friendly to anyone or anything you happen to stumble across while exploring the unknown? So this is a dark forest theory. Um, it actually comes from a book, but uh, it's starting to kind of get some ground, to be honest with you. And it's one of these things. Um, it says, basically, it is safer for any species who discovers another species to annihilate them rather than risk being annihilated by them. So when you're moving in a dark forest, you strike before you can be struck. That's the whole premise behind it. The alien species in the novel all hide in silence, knowing that communication is the most dangerous for the people receiving the communication. So with all that being said, if you look at this, I I guess, on a a natural thought, I understand this kind of to a point because, you know (laughs) – we're naturally scared creatures. You're in the forest anyway. You're by yourself. You're not going to go. Oh my God! There's a noise. I'm going to go see how happy that is. You're going to do the exact opposite
2: of said yeah, such. Yeah, that's from a really European centric, fucking informed analysis of like human being and our behavior. You know what a- I mean?
0: Agreed. I mean, but I you mean, know, it's but- pretty. It's pretty true. I mean, if you just take that, that I mean, what do we do? That theory, like, you know, I'm not going to chase a noise in the forest. Definitely not.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm going to try. Yeah. But but you're also
2: going to try and kill it immediately either. You might just be quiet and let it go. You know what I mean? Well, I'm
0: definitely going to grab my axe though.
2: I'm just saying there (laughs) are plenty of cultures on this green earth of ours that uh, live a lot more harmoniously with nature than we do. So, mm, sure.
1: Agreed, agreed. But at the same time, you know, it's something to be thought about, and it's something that, you know, when you look at that, yes, they live harmonious, and I, I get exactly what you're saying, Josh, but when you look at industrial civilization, you know, where we're at, technology, everything else, you lose that. You lose this yeah. side of it a bit. And so, you know, your instinct, you know, especially if you're someone who – or a thing or whatever have you, that, you know, may, maybe you're not – in the right place that you need to be. You're not comfortable with it. You're going to have that instinct to be scared and scared automatically leads a lot of times to reaction. And how do you react to that fear? So, you know, not saying that's a thing, but I've never heard of that theory. It was interesting when I crossed it because I was like, Oh, this is a different way to see things. Not necessarily good, but different way yeah. to see things for sure. Yeah,
2: I mean, I had never heard of that in regards to the Fermi paradox. Um, I, on some like show like curiosity or something uh they mentioned something similar to that when uh one of the astrobiologists they were talking to like it wasn't michio Kaku, but it was a different guy that was saying that he basically thinks probably any spacefaring civilization is most likely uh inherently aggressive and um Uh, and this is based a lot off of what you guys were just talking about, like about our own experience with ourselves, because in order to get to the point where you have enough skull capacity to have a big enough brain to process the kind of intelligence and thoughts it takes to contemplate and then somehow be able to travel in space. uh, You basic, you would have to evolve from carnivores, which would evolve from hunters, which would have that, natural instinct of like
0: right right
2: kill smash yeah Um, yeah and i mean i think but there are also plenty of
0: vegans so i don't know yeah but we you know come on just kidding also i'm saying like there there are cultures that do live on the earth a lot better than we do but Mm -hmm. it's almost human nature to fight your neighbor You know, to go wars, wars, constant. Like, I mean, even, you know, you look at the tribes and the Amazonian and everything. I mean, every it's, it's almost human nature to war.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the reason we're on the top of the food chain to a point. You know, it's, 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 it's us. I mean, it's built in our personality uh,
0: and yeah. yeah, Like Josh said, we are a violent species. Yeah.
1: Sadly enough.
0: Well, if I remember
2: right, also the beginning of the expansion of Rome um, while it was still a Republic was not, to bring enlightenment to their neighbors, but because they were afraid that their neighbors were going to attack them. So they attacked first Exactly, and that yeah, started driving the expansion of the Republic and eventually the empire.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. and that kind of goes into that the forest paradox, dark forest paradox strike them before they strike you. Yeah.
2: I still think that's an innately human and definitely Eurocentric
0: stand. Uh,
1: let's hope though. so because if this is a thing you know if there is something out there let's fucking hope it's a human thing for sure you know it's one of those things
2: yeah like hopefully something. if if a society has advanced enough to figure out how to travel the stars maybe they're all vegans at this point right yeah but <laughs> vegans, I mean, the or, or they just didn't
0: or they were like us and they just bastardized their uh their planet ran out of resource sucked it dry and they're yeah intelligent enough to somehow learn how to traverse the jesus
2: christ i'm sad i brought this up
0: this is fucking
2: sad i prefer (laughs) the the star trek federation of planets to uh independence day but uh i mean i guess both are fucking possible (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, somehow I feel like this is a Bernie meme with his mittens. Like, it could all be better if we just had Bernie's mittens and everything could be <laughs> go back to normal. It's just insane. <laughs> if but, only. Yeah, if only. But with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and, uh, yeah, I think we'll kick off with John after we come back and uh, stand by everybody.
0: Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? contemplate the other side of reality do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense well look no further than strange uncles find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801 252 6945 open the gates All right, so 2021 is shaping up to be a pretty good UFO sighting year. Um, we kind of started it out at the end of 2020 with the UFO in Hawaii. We talked about that one. Um, now, a, c- a couple of Pakistani pilots um, have taken video. It's a really short video. Um, it's a video from their cockpit and it was taken on january 23rd and it shows uh just this bright 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 huge light in the daytime sky uh not it doesn't really look like it's moving uh it's pretty interesting and the pilot says that he he does like he says that it couldn't be a weather balloon um He says the object was surrounded by a metal ring and it released bright, brilliant light from its center. The object is seen in the video has very little or no movement at all. Um, And in the video, yeah, it's, it's very, very short. It's maybe like five seconds. It shows it, Um, but it does look like a really large, just bright light in the sky. Um, And I think he I think he commented on the sun, like the sun wasn't out, but I mean, in the video I saw, I feel like it, it looked like blue sky.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, there, there's been yeah. quite a few, right, with that?
1: It, it, so that's not the same one where it was. Uh, this is on the ground, correct? This wasn't a, a pilot or anything that saw a flash by?
0: No, this was is a, it, this was a pilot. Th- this,
1: oh, so that is the one that literally he just caught it, glimpse, bam, right past the window, and he just barely caught it.
0: Um, no, this was a stationary thing. Just the video isn't very long. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. The, the, I, I caught a couple this so. bright light, um, seemed to be just kind of hovering there in midair and just all the video that's posted is not very long, hmm. but the plane's just going, you can tell it's in the cockpit. Um, and then it just cuts off. So you don't get much, much length in it, but, um, it is very interesting. And also, um another lady took a photo in California she was driving on the freeway in LA and she was on the 101 just right outside of Thousand Oaks California and she took I think she took three photos of quote unquote a UFO above the above the freeway TMZ actually reported on this very very and, reputable source uh, highly reputable TMZ and but they actually, I guess they got one of their photo graphic designer people to try and like manipulate it to see like if it was faked, you know, see if it was like some Photoshop thing. Right. Right. Um, apparently they deemed that, uh, it's an actual photo. Um, hmm. and the expert deduced that it would be difficult to modify images so that the UFO would sit at an angle. So according to, according to, almighty TMZ the images are real um and also you know they're super reputable but the picture is interesting and if you i'm i'm on uh, complex.com you can find it there eyewitness takes photo of alleged ufo above california highway um it is a very interesting photo i you know who knows yeah. who knows? No, but- it- Hmm. you know
1: i've seen yeah. that yeah it it's something else i mean it makes you kind of think when you see it for sure yeah
0: so i mean as with photos and everything it's always hard to tell and i'm i'm no photo expert but it is definitely a very interesting photo mm. hmm. and yeah i mean is it a UFO? Is it just a streak in the sky? I mean, Is who it, knows. So here's it a
2: looks uh, pretty. At least the close up that they were showing at the beginning of this video looks uh, very, uh, close encounters of the third kind style UFO. Right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, the classic UFO. I like I like
0: those. Those <laughs> guys are fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the saucer shaped kind of UFO, um, and it's definitely it's it's worth hopping online and checking it out um i would i would i'd be interested in some other other people kind of looking into this and seeing what they have to say about it there's a dude mark d'antoni that's like really good with photographs and stuff so i'd i'd like his opinion on it it might be cool if somebody can like manipulate the photo as well like take back like the grayscale or do you know, do whatever that is. Well,
1: I, I know that there's been, uh, you know, and I catch this every now and again on social media where, you know, like long light exposure for a camera shutter makes it, you know, creates certain things. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like like this year, especially, well, last year too, not this year, I'd say more last year, there's been just a, a, a oogly googly of UFO sightings. Like Hawaii had one that's mm-hmm. very, if you look at that picture of that, damn, that's hard to... Like that looks like that's something, you know, and I, I don't know. It just seems like the last two or three years, there's been a lot more than normal, but maybe it's just because people are shuttered, you know, maybe they look up in the sky more because they don't have nothing to, else to do in their backyard. Yeah. I, I don't know.
2: You know, well, you know, when you're going outside a lot less, you know what I mean? Maybe when you do go outside, you're looking up. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, there's other factors they are not saying I'm not trying to poo-poo UFOs. I mean, they're there. But
0: I don't know. I mean you always you always have to take it with a grain of salt to a certain degree. You always have to yep, look at it yep. from a skeptical point of view. Um, that's why I'm like, yeah, it's a really cool picture. i am not getting super stoked and be like, Oh my god, guys, we found right. <laughs> that, <you> know, <laughs> here is the end all be all like fucking Hold on to your butts. We have. Did
1: you see that Loch Ness monster with that bow in her hair? And she's perfect. And the definition. (laughs) Is that an
2: upcoming story? No, it's not, but yeah,
0: I just, it would be nice. You got to play,
2: play me like that, Shane. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) But um, yeah, so the, the, the video that the Pakistani pilot took and this picture that this lady took with her uh, camera phone or with her iPhone from her moving vehicle, um, I don't know what they are, but they're definitely interesting videos and photographs. Yeah. Huh. Amazing. Here, here. Hmm. I'm not saying they're aliens, but, but they may
1: as we're planning a trip to area 51, hopefully just for weird shits and giggles. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I
0: hope
2: we can make that happen. That oh, we're be definitely be awesome. Going. Yep. COVID um, be
0: damned. I'll go. Yep,
2: man. Okay. Uh, So, you guys want to talk about Dyson spheres? Absolutely. And
0: I'm glad you did this one because I almost did this. Now, is it the vacuum? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad glad you didn't do it because I (laughs) I was in a pinch looking for stuff today.
2: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) so we're talking about dyson spheres um and not the ball that your
0: vacuum pivots
2: on just in
0: case you're wondering thank that you that is a wondering. sick vacuum though that is a great <laughs> vacuum. Is. oh Absolutely. yeah if i had
2: a spare well if i had a spare 600 bucks to spend on keeping a rug clean yes i would buy one um, <laughs> Jesus. i can think of much more fun things to blow money on <laughs> um so you guys are familiar with uh dyson spheres i'm going to go ahead and uh read a little bit of, of the summary of what they actually are for our listeners who might not be. Uh, The first attempt to envision such a structure was made by science fiction writer, Olaf Stapledon in his 1937 novel star maker describing the concept as quote every solar system surrounded by a gauze of light traps, which focus the escaping solar energy for intelligent use, end quote. Uh, So basically the idea of a Dyson sphere is that an advanced civilization will encircle the star of their system with uh, devices made to capture that energy that's coming out of the star so they can harness that for the use of their civilization. Um, If you've seen uh, the force awakens, it's like the less destructive version of the hyperdrive laser thing on basically the death star three. So that's what they would use it for anyway. Well, not maybe that destructive, but um, to power their civilization. Um, So there are three types of what modern scientists look at, considering a dyson sphere um, the first is a dyson swarm which uh consists of a swarm of solar power capturing satellites uh some with habitat models others uh, often thrown in um and these are placed in a tight orbit around the host star uh this is a version that most closely resembles dyson's original proposal um so basically they they have an illustration here and it's what you would imagine like basically a sphere of satellites encircling a star hmm. um, so that one's pretty cool um, then they have the Dyson bubble uh, which much like the swarm is satellites but instead of them being in like some kind of uh, geosynchronous orbit around the star there um, they are balanced stationarily by uh, solar sails so the solar sails push out against the gravity of oh. the star and kind of keep them in place Right, um, and those sound pretty fucking cool and then thirdly we have the dyson shell which is what i always thought of as a dyson sphere like this was what i always thought of when that term came up Mm. and that's like basically a metal ball around the star which if you think about it is that's gigantic yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like in this article, they're talking about basically it would need to be the radius of one AU, which is an astronomical unit, which is the different, the distance from the sun to the earth. Um, and then they, he gets into some technical stuff about uh, how there might be enough um, material to build something like that in our solar system, but it would require harvesting the cores of the gas giant planets um, so obviously not something we can do with today's technology. <laughs> right. Just a little bit, just a smidge yeah. off. Um, but what this all comes down to is basically techno signatures, which we've talked about several times. Right. Um, and uh, specifically redshift how uh, light that was reflected out from whatever configuration of Dyson sphere we were to see in the star uh, or in the, in the sky, the radiation reflected out would be significantly lower in the UV spectrum than, uh, what would normally be from the escaping from the star. So, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was called Molly's star from like two or three years ago, uh, where they thought it was possibly some sort of structure like a Dyson, uh, web that was causing the star to dim periodically.
1: Yeah. 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 I remember catching that. Yeah.
2: yeah, so a uh, Dyson shell would it would just be like a complete and total darkening of the star. It wouldn't be like a uh like like periodic just back dimming and forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it would get the whole star would be covered, and then whatever energy they didn't use is reflected out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be the red shift would be huge, but it's uh just interesting. Mm. The concept of a Dyson sphere is
0: amazing. I think.
2: Well, yeah. and this is
0: they think this is the best way to find extraterrestrial life. Right. Is by right. kind of like right. looking at yep. planets that are dimming and then coming back and kind of like,
2: yeah. So that is exactly how they identify exoplanets is, uh, they're in the slight dimming that they cause as they're transiting the face of the stars that, uh, that we see. Mm-hmm. But, uh, to what you said, John, yes, they expect that, uh, uh class two on the Kardashev scale, uh, civilization would be harvesting the energy of this of the host star of their solar system in a manner similar to this. So mm-hmm. basically, um, the Kardashev scale starts at zero with us where we're like, bare. we can kind of get into space heavily <laughs> relying so on fossil sad. fuels, uh, not right, super right. technologically advanced in the grand scheme. Um, a type one civilization, um, would be they would control the entire system so kind of something more along uh like what you see in the expanse um where uh, i don't know if you guys have watched that it's on prime I now love but that it's, show
1: that's a great show it's
2: awesome yeah. but that's more of a type one civilization like they're not harnessing the power of the entire star but they're uh but they are in control of the whole system and they are uh spacefaring and then uh type two civilization um, they would be also harnessing the power of their host uh, star to to power the system and uh, let like their civilization. And I think it only goes up to type three, where it's kind of similar, but it's at the galaxy level. Right. Right. Um, type so type
0: three, you're just Star Wars, basically.
2: basically yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: type three, you have achieved Star Wars.
2: Yep. Yeah. Instead of using a uh, Dyson sphere to gently harness power, you're just sucking the the host star of an entire system into your exhaust port to fire a fucking laser at
0: the, at the New Republic. Yes, <laughs> laser. <exactly. laughs> that's funny. And all of a sudden, that's based on a true story. <laughs> right.
2: God, exactly. That's crazy. Um, but uh, that was a clumsy and brief paraphrasing of a really interesting article that was on the debrief, and it was written by uh, Christopher Plain.
1: I recommend checking it out. Yeah, we mentioned debrief, and we're all fans of it. John, I think you're the first one that said, "Man, anything I grab is going to be." Fr-. It's amazing some of the stories that comes out of debrief. I mean, man, they they do a great job.
0: Yeah, they do. They do an awesome job, and they have like science, tech, space, defense, um, opinion. Yep. Hodgepodge. Aerospace.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Just, uh,
0: yeah, d- w- definitely worth checking out. There's a lot of interesting stuff on here, you know, and Honestly, the majority of it isn't just UFO stuff. It's you know, so it's, it's all sorts. It's it's really
2: Yeah, really if you if you look at the header of the website, which I have in front of me right conveniently at this very second, um, <laughs> they don't mention UFO at all. It's like science, tech, space, defense, yep. aerospace, ideas, yep. opinions.
1: Yep. yeah I, I like how they clarify it too, because it really and, and man, there's some smart writers behind it. Well, you know, MJ Benias is is one. You know, that of course, mm. you know, if you guys haven't heard, we had him on our show. Um, when the Skinwalker thing actually originally broke, so uh, amazing, great guy, amazing writer, you know. So yeah, there's some g- really great people involved in that for sure.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tim McMillan and Micah Hanks are two of the guys also, also yep. that kind of started. Yep. Definitely worth checking out. I mean, if they they've got their their pulse, the the beat of the pulse on like just that whole industry,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh. I'll I'll kind of piggyback off that a bit and go more into tech, not necessarily weird. Um, the title of this one. This is actually from Sky. Uh, has this woman just invented the rocket that will take us to Mars? Did
2: you guys see this at all? Uh, I saw a similar article on Debrief. Did you? Um, yeah, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I, I did as right. well. And um,
0: yeah. I, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it, I don't need to because here we are. <laughs>
1: here we are. Ta-da. So,
0: um, there
1: is a, and if I butcher her last name, I apologize, everybody, especially to her. Uh, Dr. Fatima Ibrahimi uh, has invented a new fusion rocket thruster concept which could power humans to Mars and beyond. So, the physicist who works for the U.S. Department of Energy's Princeton Plasma Physics Laboratory, say that five times real fast. No, uh, thank you. Designed the rocket which will use magnetic fields to shoot plasma particles, electrically charged gas, into the vacuum of space. So, let's do some theories here, just for some brief, to kind of unwrap this and unpack and make it make sense. Okay,
2: my first layman theory, it sounds like this spaceship is uh, powered by farts.
1: God damn it, it, you You ruined the whole article.
2: Damn it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Just
1: specifically, it sounds like wet farts. (laughs) It's like two pages of farts, farts, farts. That's all I see on here. That's all the article is. Um, so according to Newton's second and third laws of motion, the conservative the conservation of momentum would mean the rocket was propelled forwards and at speeds 10 times faster than comparable devices. While current space proven plasma propulsion engines use electric fields to propel the particles, the new rocket design would accelerate them using magnetic reconnection. Um, so you know I mean that's a lot of jargon, but basically this process is found, throughout the universe, but is most observable to humanity on the surface of the sun. When magnetic field lines converge there before separating and then reconnect again, they produce an enormous amount of energy before they're boosted off again. And she's trying to kind of harness that same energy to say, if you set this kind of a machine up and you did the same magnetic confinement device and you could isolate it and make that work, then literally it would it would just change the the idea of space travel completely and the cool thing is it's already there like we see it in the sun evidently so why can't we bring it to something else more based on what we want to do and go from there she said she had the idea in 2017 um sitting on a deck and thinking – a deck, by the way, not the other word – and thinking about the similarities between a car's exhaust and the high-velocity exhaust particles created by PPPL's National Spherical Torus Experiment. And she just kind of ran with it and decided that, hey, you know, this is this is something that could work. Magnetic bubbles called plasmoids that move around 20 kilometers per second, which seems to be a lot of thrust in what you can do. Of course, you have nuclear fusion involved in that, which is our sun – um, I don't know you know very interesting and you know reading through it, it it's a very plausible theory you know and I know this is gonna been shot around a little bit in sci-fi but honestly
0: I it, it,
1: I don't know why not right why not
0: yeah I mean try it yeah For sure
1: at least build a model you know and see what mm-hmm. happens you know and that's the thing so and I hear that coming up a lot you know when we talk about plasma and how to make it work and you know uh different things that they're using you know, natural theories again the sun to try to bring it back to something what this would be but uh yeah i mean that would be absolutely you talk about space travel completely renovated wow you know that that would be amazing that just fascinated me to read about it so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um shit mind. sorry how dare you (laughs) how dare me (laughs) anyway um yeah, so uh, sh- my turn, or do we need a break, or are we going to keep No, going? you
1: know, let's go ahead and squeeze in one more story, um, right, I've and got then a- I think we can uh, go into the Patreon stuff a little bit.
0: Okay, cool. I've got um, kind of just a little short one. So there's new findings may place the asteroid Apophis within striking distance of Earth. Uh-oh um apophis may strike earth in 2068 due to yarvosky effect so excuse me i burp because i've been drinking beer this whole time
2: i'm sorry i zoned out and thought you
0: said that it might strike earth in
2: 2008
0: no <laughs> uh 2068 so jesus fucking christ 40 40 uh 47 years i'll be um, dead so- by then <laughs> So astronomers first spotted Apophis in 2004 and researchers calculated that the asteroid uh, would pass near the earth in 2029, 2036, and yet again in 2068. And initially there was little concern that the asteroid would pose a risk to earth. However, new data presented in late October indicates that the 370 meter wide asteroid may drift much closer to earth than initially thought.
1: Oh Jesus. Here we go.
0: So a little bit of background on Apophis, God of chaos. Of course. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
0: there goes our neighborhood. So yeah, I guess it's uh, named after the Egyptian God of chaos was was first discovered in 2004. And initially astronomers estimated that there was a 2.7% chance it would hit the earth in 2036. Um, but now those estimates are in serious question. So there's an astronomer named David Dolan at university of Hawaii he reported to his peers during a virtual meeting of the American Astronomical Society's Division for Planetary Science- Sciences that Apophis may collide with the Earth in 2068. Yeah. So Tholen and his team explained that the asteroid- asteroid's path is being affected by the Yarvosky effect. Light from the sun strikes one side of the asteroid as it travels through space. As heat radiates away from Apophis, a small amount of energy pushes back against the asteroid, making it turn slightly. While the force generated by the sun's light is minuscule, the vast distance and speed at which Apophis travels can make a literal world of difference. Tholen's team calculated that the Yarvosky effect is causing Apophis to drift by about 170 meters per year. And Using the asteroid's known orbital path, Tholen calculates that this drift is causing Apophis to move much closer to Earth than previously estimated. And he's quoted as saying, multiple parties have been computing the effect using the data available to them, which amounts to about 4,500 observations spanning 16 years. Tholen told the debrief in an interview, the issue for astronomers was that a lot of the data concerning Apophis was unknown and the margins of error were high. Tholen and his team collected significantly better data this year using the Subaru telescope in Hawaii and developed a considerably better understanding of the asteroids path and Hmm. goes on a little bit. So Tholen explained that Apophis would be a safe distance away from earth when it passes in 29 and 36, but the pass in 2068 may be a little too close for comfort. Apart from that 170 meter annual drift Tholen and his team have also also have to consider how the earth's gravitational pull will also affect the asteroids path. Uh, terrifying as they stand. Currently, the numbers seem to indicate that Apophis is slowly drifting closer to striking distance. Astronomers are waiting for Apophis to pass in 2029 before any actual conclusions can be drawn. If it does strike the planet, <laughs> Jesus it Christ, would leave <laughs> a, it would leave a six kilometer crater of effectively throwing a catastrophic, catastrophic amount of ash into the atmosphere and assuming we get radar data during the close approach the flyby distance ought to be nailed he explained we then simply extrapolate that orbit forward in time for the next few hundred years the chances of dying in an automobile accident are higher than dying in an apophis impact Tholen stated I don't explain it. People don't need to worry about it yet.
2: <laughs> I like, yeah. Throw that out there. <laughs> dying. The, the odds of dying in an autom- automobile accident are pretty fucking high though.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 What should well, hit I my mean, house first? Jesus
2: Spokane wiped
1: right off the map. God.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and also it's like, don't, you don't need to worry about it yet. It's like, yeah, it's going to be, but I mean,
1: what they make the predictions in eight years and are and...
0: alive right now. Yeah. Yeah. But still, um,
2: man huh but it doesn't sound good no it does not no. sound good <laughs> that sounds like a bummer day for mm-hmm. sure uh-huh
0: uh-huh so um 20 what did i say 2068 right maybe a terrifying year but um I all yeah, those I
2: quarantine babies are in for a fucking hell of a midlife in, in for crisis a oh my yeah, god yeah, yeah, yeah exactly
0: that's why i haven't had kids i'm just like i'm not i'm not I'm not going to bring him I'm in. I'm not that <laughs> cruel. I don't like, I don't hate you. I just won't let uh, you exist.
1: That's amazing. You know, and it fascinates me that we haven't had something like that happen. You know, if you look on the other side, you know, we're this, this fucking tiny speedballing planet in the middle of nowhere, spinning through space. How have we not been impacted more than we have? I mean, it we've blows been my mind. A, we have mm-hmm. We have, but I mean, not detrimental to the point that it, you know, in this modern age,
2: you know, it's, it's yeah. just. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go main character syndrome on you guys and say that it's because God has a special plan for each and every one of us. Okay. All right, uh, and um, join us, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. That is
0: all for <laughs> to <see> tonight.
1: <laughs>
2: There's a magic sword we have to find um, and go on a quest. To defeat the Lord of Shadows,
1: uh-huh. you got a unicorn in there
2: somewhere. And uh, the Lord
0: of Shadows, man, I tell you.
2: And um, the world simply cannot be struck by a meteor before we defeat the Lord of Shadows. Yeah, well, or something. He's living well, in, I in my will
0: Defeat the Lord of Shadows before 2068. But
2: I mean, specifically, it's the three of us, though. So like, everyone's kind of fucked. Oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, not right.
0: defeating any Lord of Shadows. No,
2: I like if, if the walk uh, is longer than like three blocks, I'm fucking out. I might bicker with him a little bit,
1: you know, just, you know, getting a little bit of argument, but not too much because I hear he's a little gruff around the edges. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that got me about this story is, uh, well, minus the just the other than the devastation earth. Yeah. Like what makes it seem really realistic to me is like, you know, 40 years, it gets a little closer, but then all of a sudden our earth just brings it in. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, just that subtle. if it gets close enough to where the earth is, like, yeah, come here, little buddy. Yep, it's all it needs. Hmm. <laughs> well, we up. are a welcoming and hospitable place, so that's true. That it's is true. true. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm 35 now, and 47 years. I, I'm. I yeah, you might su- still be alive. I, I'm going to be su- very surprised. <laughs> the what very is it surprised. like? Hundred
2: thousand beers that you've drank in the course of your life may have. <laughs> may say something otherwise. Yeah, but. exactly.
0: Like, the amount of beers I've drank uh, it definitely isn't helping my cause to live till 2068. Right. That's God. it.
2: No more sit-ups for me. I'm done.
0: Oh, man. Whoa. Yeah, would you rather die of a heart attack or fucking being... inhaling ash from an asteroid hitting the Earth?
1: Oh, but, boy, like, that's how high would you get from that, though? 50-50 on that one. So. 50-50. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, if I can die... Uh, it's kind of a stoned situation on, there. ...on... <laughs> astro dust then hmm. yeah no one really knows the high you get from that I'm pretty sure it's very painful because I'm pretty sure most of the ash is actually like basically volcanic glass and it just shreds your lungs oh. and sinus linings mm. anyway I watched way too many documentaries on super volcano I, I was
1: gonna say on that note you know happy happy so,
2: <laughs> <laughs> for anybody
1: who listening you know if you're still listening 2068 then we're doing pretty goddamn
0: good at that if point, you're still listening <laughs> in
2: 2068, then uh, you should have bought stock in Cyberdyne Industries. Today. That's right.
0: <laughs> if we're still doing this show in 2068, that means we're all millionaires. Yeah, absolutely. Living in like yeah, a we jar. can afford <laughs> replacement
2: organs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane,
1: man. That's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a scary concept, but at the same time, you know, nah. Eh, it's 2068, so I think we got bigger fish to fry right now with a uh, a supposed pandemic. I hear is a thing. Amongst mm-hmm. other, so we'll see if we even survive that far. God knows who it's gonna wipe out, you know, and who's left after that. But anyway. But not to be the bare of bad news, but that is the news episode. For you, Patreon listeners, are going to kind of remain on, we've got a couple more little uh, news reports that we're going to do for you. So hang on after the fact. For you, regular listeners, um, again, we do this every month. And, uh, you know, if you have a news report you caught, something like that, you can actually email us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Send, send it your way. You know, we have uh, some supporters that, you know, usually we've already kind of flagged what we got and we've seen it and we're going to cover it. Um, but every now and again, one slips through the cracks and realize that, oh man, I haven't seen this yet. So, and thank you, Mitchell. You're one of the main uh, contributors to that
2: but um you can call us listeners on. let us We're, let us uh take advantage of your surplus value and send us some fucking stories yeah well so we don't, we don't have, have to look as hard to, we don't
1: have to worry about it, exactly um and if you want to call us with a story or anything else again this is just a monthly thing we do for news um but we do try to do monthly shows where it's you know a topic uh, uh, you know we have an interviewer on a guest Uh, By all means, if you have a recommendation or heard somebody speak or you're curious about something, you can go ahead and call us at 801-252-69. We're going to die in 2068. 45, that's a ways down the road. So, and let us know. And then uh, social, Josh, I don't know, you got that covered?
2: Uh, Yes, you can find our dumbasses on uh, Strange Uncles podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a Fairly neglected YouTube channel, but like most of the stuff that's on, <laughs> it's pretty good. So I recommend checking it out.
1: Well, we try, yeah, every now and again. For what it's worth, uh, future stuff. So we do have some guests lined up. We are actually booked out in for the entire month of February and early March. Uh, so we've got some great guests lined up. We've got some original content, and we actually have a special thing that we'll have for Patreons that we might uh, we might throw out a little bit. Some experience that we're experiments. Sorry that we're going to do. Uh, that you know i'm looking forward to um and then of course you know as the weather gets warmer social distancing hopefully you know it maintains this thing uh you know we got some field trips we want to do too so looking forward to all that um i don't know anybody else have anything else
0: uh i try to get the clown horn ready for that phone number and did not, that did <laughs> is that not what that was? <laughs> That's what that was. yeah I like I barely
2: heard it, and I hope that it shows up in the audio because that make will make this so much more funnier, but also us just talking about it if it doesn't show up. yeah is, I yeah. think yeah. it's pretty yeah. funny.
0: Mm. I've been Fair trying surprising. to do that for like a month, and every time I'm like way too late to do it. also it's through <laughs> my phone, so I know it's gonna just sound like shit anyway
1: yay for the ambition though that's the key part I of this i try
0: and I, today was the first time i was close to being on time
1: oh that's right. you know what though don't jinx yourself next time there's always another next time there is so anyway um awesome thanks guys uh patreon standby close the gates.